Welcome to this week's edition of The Mountain Gardener, your host, Ken Lane, here every week talking about the landscapes of northern Arizona. And my gardens have finally, there's a little bit of, there's a patches of snow around, but pretty much they're thawing out, which is kind of nice. I've been out there pruning, kind of getting my grasses are all cut back now. My perennial plant flowers, they've all been cut back, sheared back. I've shaped some of my natives. I kind of kind of get this wild, rangy look, kind of giving them a haircut. Uh, the buds are looking really good. Things are, are wanting to go. So it was finally thought enough I could get in. I, I cut back many of my iris. So they were starting to elongate. And, and they just look beat up. And winter kind of makes an iris look. They're laying over. They're just cold. So I just trim them back so that new growth that comes up from the, that rhizome or the root doesn't have competition with all this ratty looking under underlayment. It also, there's some bugs that hang out underneath that litter underneath the aphids can get onto iris. Well, if I can prune that stuff back, clean it up, open it up and let it get exposed to some cold. So I get rid of that, those old leaves down below and I, I scrape it off and kind of clean it up. It gets rid of that debris, but then also it exposes where the insects were hanging out. Now they have to fend for themselves. They don't have that blanket over them of leaf litter or foliage. Uh, now they, it kills them off. So it gets rid of some of my aphid problems early on. So that's that's a beauty of pruning back. I, I've got to prune back. I've got a couple of really big pampas grass. That's so much work. But I'll get to it. It's just I've got a couple more things I got to get done, but pretty much I'm ready to go. I'll now start to spray everything in the yard with a horticultural oil. When I'm all done, sometime by the end of this month, the next two, three weeks, I'll break out the hose in sprayer and I will just hose down the yard with this very fine grade organic oil. And so it's the least expensive or least offensive type of bug killer, but there are bugs out there in the yard. They have been wintering over, hibernating underneath all that, the debris out in the, out in the yard, in the cracks of the trees, at the base of your plants. I've seen some box elder bugs. They've already started to come out. That was last week. So you're starting to see bug activity happening. So I don't want those. I want to start out clean. And so I prune things up and then I hose down the whole yard with horticultural oil. It's, it's, it's concentrated. I put it in my handheld sprayer and I just hose down everything. And I focus at the, at the base of the plant. That's where all the, the colonies of thrip and aphids and beetles and things are there. That's where they hang out. When they finally come up and they, when it gets warm enough, they just crawl up the tree and they, you go, where'd the aphids come from? They've been there all winter. So I focus at the base and I kind of work my way up and spray the whole foliage. I really focus on things that really had problems last year. I had bugs. I had mildew. I had issues last year. So I focus on those roses, uh, um, lilacs. I want them to bloom a little longer. Well, if thrip get in there and eat the flowers, then they only bloom for a few days. They should bloom for two, three weeks. So I'll just focus in on those things and, and get them to bloom longer, better, stronger. So at least I'm starting out the season clean. Uh, you can have bugs fly in on you, and that and we will, but at least they aren't going to come back from my yard back onto my plants that came from last year. 
So I just started out. Horticultural oil is the least expensive, easiest easiest thing to use. It doesn't smell bad. It's just a good way to go. It's good good general garden practice. And that's what I'm doing. I'll start planting. A second my so the roses came in this week. So bare, not bare root roses. Stay away from bare root roses if you would please for the love of gardening. Don't torture yourself that way. This is bare root is you're seeing them show up at at uh, box stores basically. That's so they've they've ripped this root the the rose out of the ground. There's no soil on it, no roots. They they put some sawdust in there and they put it in a plastic bag, and they're very inexpensive. So, but your loss rate's going to be 50-50. I mean, your success, you maybe half of them will live. Oh, well, they're guaranteed. Yeah, well, have you tried to dig a hole in the ground these days? It's it's not about, the, will the plant be replaced by the retailer who's, who sold it to you? It's, why did they sell you such a nasty plant anyway and make you work that hard for something you have to take back and redo again? You want to do it, you want to dig your hole and have a plant that you know is going to thrive and, and so we take our bare root roses, we put them in a, in a fiber pot, it's a, a peat pot, put some soil in it, and then we root them out from last year, then we root, root them out for a year, then we bring that in, and that's the first set of roses that you see show up. So they've got full-on roots with them. You plant them in the gardens, in that peat pot, whole, just the whole thing, just right there in the ground. And so it's pretty easy to, to put them in, but this time of year you get the more exotic the new uh, varieties, the hard to get, the ones that are being talked about. So the Rosarians, they're the ones going, oh my gosh, I just want to know. I want to be the first. Where are they? It's like uh, tech folks when the, when the new iPhone comes out. They're waiting in line. Well, that's, that's a Rosarian for you sometimes. They're going in there going, just tell me when they're here. And they come in and, and grab, the, they get first dibs. Uh, but they're chunky. They're, they're nice, nicely budded and they're fully rooted. So your success rate goes from 50-50 to like 99%. It really goes off the charts. If you care at all, they're gonna live. So now's the time to, to put those in. Uh, some of the shrubs are starting to come in. So uh, we just had a very large load of conifers, conifer pines, spruce, evergreen kind of stuff. So now's a very good time. If you're thinking about evergreen trees, it's best to put those in the ground before that new candle growth elongates. So once that new growth, so, so a spruce, a Colorado spruce, uh, uh, an Austrian pine, uh, any kind of pine, that once that new limb starts to grow, it's very tender. It, it takes a while before it starts to get its waxy coating on it and becomes really sturdy and robust. Uh, so it can get kind of wimpy. When it when that gets dried out, you can see those limbs kind of bend down, and they you water them, they, they perk back up. But if you can put them in the ground before they elongate, you have less of that. So and, and then right after they're or as they are elongating, they're adding new roots. So if you can put them in the ground, so that new growth is coming in your yard, and the new roots underneath it are right afterwards. That's like the magic. So so your there's no transplant shock. If you're putting in a big old uh, Deodore cedar, that's the fastest growing of all of the evergreen trees. It's a huge tree. So it gets, I don't know, 60, 80. It goes to the moon. It's crazy. It gets 25 feet wide. It's huge, but it grows fast and it's majestic and it's beautiful. You need some, you need some yard for it. So, so the home's on real small lots. Don't go with Deodore cedar. Go with something smaller. 
They've got some new um, uh, pinion pines. That's a real good choice. It's, it's a fraction of the size. It doesn't take over the whole yard. Uh, but if you're doing those, now's a time to put those in so that when they start to elongate here in a month, sometime in March, they start to grow, then they're, they're waking up. So they kind of wake up going, now what just, I went to sleep and I was in my bucket at the garden center here and then I wake up and I'm, and I'm in, in the ground. What is this? And, well, it seems okay. I'll just grow here and they start taking off. So after I get done spraying everything with horticultural oil, prune up, spray it up, then I'll fertilize everything. Probably by March 1, I want to fertilize my entire yard with an organic plant food. It's called uh, 744 All-Purpose Plant Food. I'll, I'll fertilize everything with that. My berries, grapes, I've, I've created a, a, a special... Food just for them. It's got a lot more calcium in it. It's completely organic. Both are organic, but um, I, fertilizers are kind of like a cookie recipe. You 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 tweak the ingredients so so the plants respond a little differently. And so uh, your edible crops really enjoy a lot of calcium. So the fruit and vegetable food that that we make has got six four four six percent nitrogen, phosphorus, potash, and seven percent calcium just because I know that's what makes fruit taste better, gets larger, gets a deeper color to it. So that's our vegetable and fruit trees. So I, I'll do those with that kind of food and everything else with all-purpose plant food. So we got a lot in store for you. you got a lot of good nuggets for this week's show, but we got to take a break. Let Lisa Waters Lane come into the studio with your garden questions right after this.